0: listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony and now here is michael mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned
1: hello and welcome to another episode of financially tuned radio I'm your host, Mike Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group located in Ventura, California. This week, we've got a good topic. We're going to be talking about the two fundamental issues of financial planning. That's numbers and emotions. So there's a lot to talk about. It's going to be super interesting. But certainly, we can't have a good conversation, can't have a good show without Tony Shore joining us. So, Tony, as usual, thanks for being here,
0: man. How are you doing today? Yes, I am here. And I am doing well, having a great day, Uh, a lovely day on the radio with my best buddy, Michael Mansfield, (laughs) Uh, the man with a plan, the the planner extraordinaire, Michael Mansfield. And Michael, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. But most importantly, how's the Lynn Group doing? Are you keeping busy? The Lynn Group is good. We're
1: always busy. You know, the, the weather is finally warm here in Ventura. It's sunny. We should probably all be out at the beach, but that's okay. We're here making things happen and helping people get their retirement plans in order. Um, but you know what? This is a good time of the year. It's an interesting time of the year. And actually what sparked my um, the, the topic for today's show was a meeting I had just this last week I had some some people come in and through a conversation one of the things that they said excuse me I'm losing my voice again one of the things that they said was Mike it's May should we be selling everything and I said oh that's that's funny well you know there's the old adage that says sell in May and go away and that's something that has been around forever My dad said it to me as a kid. Um, I've heard that in meetings. I've heard that from people, but it was just funny, you know, because it came up this this week and it really reinforced today's topic. And that is in our business, when you're helping people with retirement planning, there are two fundamental things that are happening. There's the numbers and there's the emotions. When I say numbers, I don't just mean adding up money. I mean, data, information. The quantitative analysis, you know, what it, What are the current economic indicators? What is the unemployment rate? What is job growth? What is the GDP? How are quarterly earnings doing? What are the numbers that feed us information to make good, solid, informed decisions? Because let's be fair, that basket of information is very different than emotions and how we feel about money and where we're comfortable and our attitudes and what we're trying to accomplish. And I can tell you, it's very common for people to make financial decisions with their emotions instead of the numbers. We try to go the other way. We like to make our financial decisions with our numbers. And we use our emotions to make sure that the financial decisions we're making are fitting in the right position for you. So there's a lot to talk about here. But hey, Tony, uh, quiz question. Yeah. It's May. Should we sell and go away? Uh, I would say no really was that just you had
0: a 50 50 guess on that. So <laughs> that, was a, that was from another age. I'm not a, uh, don't take uh, financial investment advice from me, obviously. <laughs> um, no, I, I just said that to be funny, but sure. uh, I, I'll be honest, Michael, I have never heard that phrase. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, oh, this, the, yeah, this the, the thing's whole been May, around
1: forever. Um, you know? I actually, I actually just pulled up, there's an article for May on CNBC, big topic about it. Uh, literally tiled don't sell in May. <laughs> and then it talks all about this since the 1950s, they've been using this adage. And it's kind of interesting because there is some truth to the whole sell in May and go away. Uh, little adage there. There is? And that it,
0: absolutely. Why, well, so I mean, his- Why would that be? Why would May be a particular month when it's better to sell than other months?
1: Well, it's just one of those funny things. So very often they use May as a gauge to what's going to happen in the summer months because everybody is always looking for that, that secret rule, that algorithm, that thing. What is the trend? And so historically, what they've seen is when May is a typical week month, Generally speaking, the summers offer typically weak months. So let's see what the the statistics are here. Historically, May through September has not been the best period for US equities, providing the simple adage is correct. Since 1950, the S&P's average monthly gain for May was just 0.2% and average slight losses in August and September. So when they look at that average return of being pretty lame and mediocre in May, oftentimes that led to pretty lame and mediocre returns in the late summer. So Uh, just one of these goofy things they're using in order to, to to analyze things. Now that's where the, the saying came from. That's the history of it. Um, But it's been interesting because, well, what's happening this year, just because we understand that if may is a weak month, maybe we should sell in May and go away. And so, Let's see. uh, Since 1950, the S&P has performed even better during the summer when May begins in an uptrend. So now it's going the converse thought here that, in fact, the summer does do pretty well when May is in an uptrend. And guess what, people? Guess what? Tony Shore was correct with his analysis of the markets this month. May is, in fact, in an uptrend. Things are looking very well. And so based on this 1950s adage that they've been using for almost 70 years here, there's rationale. Mathematically, the numbers say you would stay in the market. You don't have to run and hide just because it's May.
0: Right. but However, I want to interject here, and I know you always (laughs) say this, uh, past performance Is not indicative or guarantee future results. We have to say that because absolutely, um, uh, you can you can take what they can do is take the average of the you know since nineteen whenever the market began, and they can Mm -hmm. average it out and say this is the trend. But you can't always rely on trends. I mean, well, it's it's like buying a book how to win it how to win at the blackjack tables in Vegas. Well, you can buy the book, you can read it, you can learn everything the experts say. And, you know, they say they've got it down to a science and you can still go to Vegas and lose your shirt, right?
1: Well, and that's the whole point of today's conversation, Tony, numbers and emotions. See, what I'm really talking about with this sell and man go away thing is it's more of an emotional conversation for a lot of people. Um, They've heard it since they were kids. Their parents have talked about it. Like I said, I I remember my dad talking about it um, growing up as one of the tools that he used in his investment analysis. Well, it's May, so now I have to start thinking about what I'm gonna do. So emotionally, we attach to things that, that feel good and seem to make sense at the time, but we don't really define the numbers behind it. We don't define the data behind it. And so we have to question if we're really making sound financial decisions anyways. Um, So that was kind of the whole theme of it because, you know what, mathematically, the trends are there for May, the the CPI is up, the the forward-looking indexes are up. Everything's positive for May. So, you know, based on this age-old adage, you know, that could be a good indication for the summer months. But, Tony, you said it best. Just because we think we've identified something, that's the fundamental challenge with statistics is they're looking at yesterday. Tomorrow is a whole new game. Yeah. Now – if we want to pull emotions into this conversation, just because the math is strong, right? Just because the market's up, just because quarterly earnings are phenomenal, which I, I think we talked about a few weeks ago, that if we could get strong quarterly earnings, that would be fantastic for the markets. Um, we, we have started to see just a handful of very small pieces of, of weak economic data. So looking at the numbers here for a second, uh, the GDP just came out for the first quarter at 0.7%. So. I think that's the lowest it's been in three years. So there's some things like that that aren't overly exciting. Could certainly slow the trend of like the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, things like that. We just don't know yet. We need we need more information to come out. But it's easy to look at anything from an emotional standpoint. wouldn't you think like well, let's take um, let's just take politics for a second, right? Right. Anytime we get any bit of news that is of significance, the markets seem to get rather emotional. The individual sellers get rather emotional. If we think there's going to be a war in Korea, if we think there's a war in Syria, if we think there's a tax reform issue or a healthcare reform issue, no matter what the issue is, even though these things haven't happened, they haven't passed, they haven't changed necessarily that emotion, those thoughts really drive people's attitudes towards the market. And you know what? We've seen this happening for years. You go back to 2015 and 14, we had some pretty decent volatile stock market situations just over Greece, Greece going into default. And I was always bamboozled by that whole thing because Greece, you know their total outstanding debt that that they were defaulting on was 14 billion dollars. Oh wow. That's uh That's I don't know what is that. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, what is that? A sneeze on a Tuesday for the US. <laughs> I mean, it's Yeah. It, it, it's such an insignificant amount of numbers. Yet emotionally, it was catastrophic. I right. mean, go look at the charts. Um,
0: Apple Apple could have bailed them out and not even affected the bottom <laughs> line.
1: Well, you've heard that joke before from me. You know, they they always joked when, when Greece was having their issues, which they still are, is that Apple's got enough money, they could go buy Greece. So. Yeah, they could have. So that's the irony is, it's funny. We turn on the headlines. We see rioting. We see calamity in Greece, and then May of 2015, the stock market declines like 12 percent based on yeah. this catalyst. Yeah, and you say crazy what? Why on earth? What mathematical element is happening here? Greece represents less than 2% of our import export business. They, they, you know, they have the, the, the size of Greece, I think has a smaller economy than like Oregon. So we're not talking about some big powerhouse here yet. We're talking about a huge cycle in our own market. So huge impact and it's emotions, right? You've got it, Tony. So those are the things that we always identify because I can remember over the last couple of years, as we've had some pretty healthy stock market cycles, you go back to the worst stock market open January of 2016. You know, the market declines 12% ish over a six week period into February and everybody's calling and everybody's saying, ah, how do we know this isn't the next 08? How do we know this isn't the next big one? Right. You have to look at the things that are causing the impact on the markets. If they're emotional, then generally they're short lived. If they're emotional, generally things rebound rather quickly. The stock market in the moment is emotional, in the long run, focuses on the numbers. And in the moment, people are upset, people are scared. And because there's nothing happening economically, that is bad, our GDP was up, our wage growth was up, our unemployment was down, our home sales were strong. If you look at the numbers and you look at the data, it doesn't explain the rationale for this market crash. And what happened within a week later? It started to recover and within another six weeks, it was back to all time highs. You know, and you say, oh my gosh, it makes sense that we have to look at situations and decide, are we using numbers to make this decision or are we using emotions? You better be scared of number two, if that's the case, because oftentimes that leads to poor decision-making.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet it would. Obviously people let their emotions get carried away and control them when it comes to investment decisions all the time. And yeah. You see, you see that a lot. Well, you know what? We have to take a quick break right here, Michael. Is there sure. anything you want to add before we do?
1: You know, the the most fundamental thing when trying to use numbers and emotions to make decisions and staying on the right side of that conversation is you just have a plan. If you have a plan and you understand what you're doing, you have confidence, you don't get upset, you don't get emotional, you know your income is in place, you know the resources are there to take care of you. So if you don't have a plan, give us a call, We'll we'll help you build a complimentary plan at no cost. We'll go through social security, pensions, rentals, expenses, cash flows. We'll figure out your taxes, your estate plan. There's a lot to talk about here, but give us a call. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And sit tight for just a second. We'll be right
0: back after this. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from the Lind Group right now by going to financiallytunedradio.com or by calling us at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our host, Michael Mansfield of the Lynn Group. Mike, great show so far today. And we're talking about numbers and emotions. And I really enjoyed that first half. You really painted a picture for us of what's going on out there and how people allow their emotions to affect their investment decisions. And when it comes to investing in the market, and dealing with stocks and things like that, uh, a lot of people uh, do the wrong thing. You started off with the old, um, uh, in May, sell and go away. It's May, so sell and go away, uh, whereas that's not always true. Um, Some of these rules of thumb, quote unquote, um, have been around a long while based on some statistics, but you really have to look at your situation and what's going on And I think now we should head into solutions. You were talking about, as we finished our last segment, having a plan as a solution to overcome letting your emotions influence decisions if you have a plan going in. And that's what you help people with, right?
1: Well, thanks for that lead and Tony. And that that is totally accurate. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. See, the problem is It's very easy to get emotional when you're not organized and you're not ready for what's around the corner. You're not ready for the next stock market decline. You're not ready for the next tax change. You're not ready for uh, the next life-changing event. You're not ready for retirement. It's so easy to be emotional and it's so easy to be upset. I mean, look, I'm just like all of you. With my investments, when the stock market goes down and my investments change in value, don't think I don't think about it. Don't think there aren't days where I'm like, "Geez, whoa, ooh, ah," you know. I get emotional too. I get upset too. But you know what? What 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 is the saying? I'm trying to think of the saying. You know, I I drink my own Kool Aid or something like
0: <laughs> oh, that. Oh yeah, you, you've been drinking the Kool Aid, or I, I, I've been yeah, just taking Kool-Aid. your own advice. <laughs> you're you're your own attorney. You're representing yourself. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But,
1: but the idea is, I've positioned my stuff in a manner that. To be honest, even though I get emotional and I get quick to think about it, but that's because I'm in this business. I watch it all day long. But my financial position is such that I have all the assets and all the resources that I need positioned in pretty conservative green money allocations to deal with my income, to deal with my expenses, to deal with my near term expenses as I forward project what I and my family needs to get through the next couple years. The other money, my longer term money though, is in my red money. It is in my at risk money. It is invested in the markets and doing different things. And, and it's easy, like I said, to be emotional and say, ah, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. But the reality is when it goes down, it doesn't really bother me. And that's because I have a plan. I have the money I need for the next near term future to get me through this next market cycle. So that's what everybody needs. Look, If you've hired a financial planner and you don't have a financial plan, something's fundamentally wrong. I say that most every week these days, it seems. And that is one of the things that you have to look at. Everything that we do here at the Lynn Group is about making a plan. We don't just invest people's money. We don't just give you a little bit of tax advice or tell you how to do that. We make plans. Plan number one, if you're approaching retirement, you're going to retire in the next few years, you're going to retire in the next five years, you're going to retire in the next 10 years. You need a plan. You need to know what things are looking like. How are you going to maximize Social Security? How are you going to coordinate Social Security benefits from your spouse or even your ex-spouse? What are you doing? Do you have pension sources? Do you have rental sources? What are your sources of income? Our plans are all based around organizing all of this information our plans also become very morbid. If you're married and have a spouse, what happens when one spouse dies? Well, we, we look at what happens to our cash flows. We see what's left for the other person so that we can stress test these events to see how we can protect you from problems. But if you have a plan, you organize your income, you organize your expenses, and then you organize your assets into the red money and green money columns that we're always talking about that way you have the appropriate amount of green money generating the income you need to be comfortable for the foreseeable future. All of a sudden you don't need to be as emotional. You don't need to be as upset about your red money when it, when it goes down and it goes up kind of thing, because you know what, that's the whole idea of segmenting and doing some time horizon planning. But if you don't have a plan and you just own a bunch of investments that freak you out every time the market gets wing dingy, then obviously that's a fundamental problem. You need to call us. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. We can help you organize your information so that you don't have to be in emotional despair every time the market gets volatile. And let's be fair. Even though it's had a nice, healthy pop ever since the election we just went through two very long years fourth quarter of 2014 to the fourth quarter of 2016 the market went up a lot it went down a lot but it went sideways a whole lot so that's a that's a long time period without a lot of excitement for many people but there was a lot of emotion in that it was very upsetting because every time we got back to zero the market crashed down again then we got back to zero so if your money is properly organized Those are the things that you don't have to carry on your shoulder every day as you go around town.
0: Obviously, people make mistakes when investing and can let their emotions uh, rule them. I know one example that you've given before that you've seen is when somebody comes in and they've worked all their lives for a particular company and all their savings for retirement are in stocks of that one company because they were a lifer there and they believed in the company and they were working hard for the company. So they may have initially gotten stock options as part of a pension plan or put all of their money into that company's stock. And that's another mistake, right? That you've seen people make.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously one of the things that, that we all should be advocates of is diversification. And when you carry a whole lot of risk, especially in one company's stock, that's pretty concerning as you approach retirement. Now let's be fair. Let's let's devil's advocate here. You also have some great, probably unique tax opportunities. If in your 401k you have employer stock from the many years of your laboring for a company, there's something very fancy called net unrealized appreciation. If you don't know what that is and you own employer stock, call me. 805-500-7035. I can help you understand how you can get some money out of your 401k at capital gains rate instead of ordinary income rate. And that it can be a very, very powerful tool in retirement income planning. If you roll your 401k over into an individual IRA with that employer stock in it, you lose all of those fantastic, cool tax codes. So call me, though, if you do own employer stock. So thanks for bringing that up, Tony. That was
0: like a little side shoot. Well, um, it was. I didn't mean to get us off track, but it-, it, <laughs> well, yeah, it
1: yeah, yeah, you gave it to me. I didn't know what to do. I, <laughs>
0: it was, uh, it's emotional investing. And I know that people get emotional and attached to companies. So that's what ends up happening, right?
1: But that's how all it is. I mean, there's, there's psychology. When you look at uh, behavioral finance, one of the cognitive dysfunctions of investing is when you sell when you lose on an investment, your investment goes down emotionally, you think two things. One is, well, it's gone down, so it's likely to come back up. And two is, I don't want to sell it till it comes back up because I'd like to at least get my own money back. And oftentimes, those become two very big failures in your emotional decision-making process.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, And so when it comes to numbers, uh, we do often rely on our emotions. So Uh, Where do we go from here? What are the other solutions? Obviously having a plan in place. Well, having a
1: plan in place is the most important thing understanding your own risk tolerance is another very important thing that people don't spend enough time on and that is really stress testing the look if i did lose money how much could i truly lose before i have an emotional problem those are things that we talk about here at the lender group so when you come in we do risk tolerance questionnaires and i say hey look if you have a hundred grand what number does that have to go down to before you start losing sleep? Is it is it 95,000? Is it 85,000? For some people they say, "Hey, if it goes below 100, I've got a problem." But the whole point is we have to understand these things before we get carried away on investment decisions. Cuz let's remember, the stock market is at all-time highs. It is certainly entitled to keep going up, but there's also a good chance it'll go down. That's just what it tends to do. It goes up and it goes down. It is Higher than high right now. So we got to be very conscious about this stock market. Um, But going back to that theme, you have to understand your risk tolerance. One of the things going back to behavioral finance, people have a memory bias. They think that recent events make them help them make good investment decisions. So what's happened recently stock market's gone up recently. So now all of a sudden people coming into my office are saying, Hey, maybe we should be back in the market. The market's doing well. Well, that bias of watching the market come up recently is that's an emotional reaction that has nothing to do with numbers and data. Now I can make an argument both ways. Why I think the market could go up tomorrow and why I think it could go down. And guess what? It's going to go up or down tomorrow but the whole point is we have to make informed decisions. We have to use the numbers. We have to use the data. If we solely rely on our emotions to make decisions, I I hate to say it, but nine times out of 10, we're going to fail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. And I think this is really good for us to understand and you really dug into this today. Unfortunately, we're almost out of time. Is there anything you wanna add before we have to go? No,
1: there's so much. I mean, obviously what we talk about is something very important. When you're doing retirement planning, we are dealing with your life savings. Whether you have 50,000 or $5 million, it doesn't really matter. It's the most important bucket of money to you in the whole entire world. Yeah, It's your money, it's your savings, it's your wealth. And so we have to make good, sound decisions that fit what you need and what you're looking for. You cannot do that without doing more planning in addition to just how you buy investments. So if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't understand your retirement cash flow, if you haven't figured out your social security, if you haven't figured out your risk tolerance, if you haven't gone through your rule of 100 and you understand the balance between red and green money and all of these different things, give us a call. We can help you do that. And right now, any callers off the show this week because we get a lot of people that call in after we make this offer. But if anybody would like this information put together for them, I will do it absolutely complimentary. You can come into our office on Victoria. We're easy to get to. We'll spend a couple meetings. We'll really organize the big picture. And remember, everything that I just mentioned has nothing to do with your actual investments at the moment. We're talking about getting you organized and getting your plan in place. So give us a call. 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Visit my website, thelindgroup.com. LIND is L-Y-N-D. You can submit your information there. You can read more about us. You can request a free copy of my book, whatever, whatever we can help you out with. Otherwise, same time, same place next week. We appreciate all
0: of our listeners, and we'll talk to you guys then. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.